Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Tuesday, April the 17th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And uh, we're moving right along on a Monday, trying to find ways to feel good because even if it's a Monday, you're supposed to feel good every day. That's how you maintain that high level of vibration. I I think it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I said Tuesday, and here I am back on Monday. You see, now, now, now I'm, in, I'm in a time warp. That's what I'm We're back to the future. <laughs> is it Groundhog Day? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How on earth did I say Monday? Well, Tuesday we also like to have as a happy day, too. Actually, every day is a happy day. So what I was saying was true. It's just I said it on the wrong day. That's all. <laughs> So anyway, how you doing? How's it? How's your day going? I'm doing really great. Um, do you want me to just jump right in and tell you my my news? You have news, okay? Yeah. Well, well. I have I have update an update. That's oh, my okay. news. Or 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 do you want to t- chat about something else first, and then we'll get into it? Um, uh, not a whole lot to report. I've been working on the cover for the book. I have a mock up I'm putting together, and uh, once I'm happy with it, I'll share it with you guys who are my co-hosts and see what you think of it. And, you know, we're making steps. We're making headway and getting the book ready to be published. So that's oh, cool. That's the big news for yeah, the day. When you, when you see a cover, that's starting to make it feel very real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And uh, it, it's also a little bit of a challenge because, first of all, I haven't done real graphic design work in about 30 years. So, you know, I'm a little out of practice. <laughs> and second of all, it's a cover, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, it's a pretty important thing. So, you know, I'm trying to well, trying you're to Well, you're brilliant. Up you, you can do just about anything. I have no doubt in that area. Well, thank you. Well, I, I know that with some good advice from people saying, yeah, that's a good idea, or no, stay away from that, I'll be fine. <laughs> cool. So what's the news? What's going on with Project X? Well, Yesterday, I left everybody kind of on a cliffhanger, like my little yes. sister was even listening, and she goes, do you always end the show that way, or are you like right up to the end? And I went, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so to my sister, if you're listening, hello, um, which she's a new listener, so that's exciting to well, me. Well, great. Yeah, um, we're glad she's listening. <laughs> so, all right. So yesterday, I left off on, I had gotten the insight as to what... Um, negative beliefs were holding me kind of hostage um, to not being able to move forward on my new financial income streams project Mm -hmm. um, because I was kind of stuck in this energy of I'm in the working class. That's how my whole family's been. Everybody I've ever known is there. Um, I don't know anyone personally that's ever broken free from that. And then the secondary piece was I felt I needed to get a sense of permission, you know, from God, my higher power, somebody telling me it was okay to do what I want to do, which is bust free financially. And right now, my first um, new financial goal that I'm shooting for is $30,000 a month income. Right. And so that's where I was then. And I was really excited because once I at least identified those beliefs, you know, to me, it's like you're almost about ready to slide into home plate because that's the big part. That's, you know, making contact with the ball and running around the bases. I mean, I, I got huge momentum and I was very excited about that. And I ended the show yesterday saying, but 
The second half has not yet shown up, which is what's the new empowering belief that when I have a new belief in place, it will dwarf all the old negative beliefs and even to think on them will just make me laugh. So, you know, that's where we ended the show and I fully expected something to show up for me. Didn't know when, although I did kind of say, hey, I really want it now. Like, we got the hard part over. I'm ready for the good stuff. So what's the new belief? And I, you know, just said to my infinite broader self, I said, hey, you know what it is. You know what I haven't been focused on. You know what belief will dwarf all this other yucky stuff. Just point it out to me. And I kind of felt like it was going to be a no-brainer. And honestly, I don't know exactly when it showed up, but sometime last night, I was, you know, just pondering the ideas of what the old belief was. And I was getting the sense that the new belief was like so easy. It was so right here in my face. I just needed it to be pointed out to me. And that I was actually getting a sensation that accepting it would be simple. So as I'm asking these questions, I got the word choose. And I went choose. And then it was like, just make a choice. Just choose whatever you desire. And then I heard, or I was reminded of Abraham's thing, make a decision and then line up with it. And then I asked back, I said, is it that easy? I can just choose this thing that I want and that's all there is to it? Because it sure has never felt like I could do that before. Mm. Is that really all there is to it? And I got, yep. And I went, okay, well, this didn't come with like a resounding thunderclap. So I'm going to have to sit with this one for a few minutes and just think on it. But I will say it felt really good. I mean, there was a definite feeling sensation in my body of like, Ooh, this feels light. This feels good. This feels buoyant. Like, Hmm. So I, I thought on it for, I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes. And then something kind of miraculous happened. Oh, I didn't, I, I thought about the old beliefs. And they used to have a sensation of heaviness. They felt encumbering. They felt like prison. Um, It felt dense. and Okay. (laughs) And as I thought about those beliefs, none of those interpretive feelings were attached anymore. Ah. It, It was like, it's no big deal. It's like they don't really exist. So therefore they don't have any physical weight to them anymore they don't have that density it was more like just a memory without any emotional attachment to the memory it was like just information yeah the emotional part was gone and that's the power part yeah and i went oh my gosh because i will say that while i was receiving just just choose I was. I was saying, okay, then I choose my new financial dream. I choose my new financial income stream. This is what I choose. And then I asked the question after I was kind of going, wow, the old stuff is gone. This new stuff feels really good. I asked the question, so like, how did this all happen? What, what's it about? I, I just want, I felt like I wanted a deeper understanding. And the insight that flashed like real easily and quickly was, When you have something that you really desire in life and you get a feeling like I was getting, you know, so many shows, I would share my excitement and my joy and, 
and all these wonderful insights I was receiving, those were very real. Those were potent. Those were from my infinite being. There is nothing about that that I take back. But once the emotional insight showed up, I couldn't hold on to it. It seemed to slip away. It's almost like I kept needing a new insight over and over and over in order to stay jazzed and excited with a sense of, yes, this is really going to happen. And that's kind of what I was asking the question about, like, how did this go on? You know, how, how come the excitement was fleeting? And what I understood, like in a flash, was whenever you set a desire or a goal and you start working towards it and looking, looking towards it and focusing on it, if you cannot sustain the energy of staying focused on it or, or it's real troublesome to do so, it's simply an indicator that there is resistance on your path. Makes sense. That to me was a huge new insight. Oh. That was a huge awareness because as a coach, I'm always looking for patterns or things that can help both myself and my clients, you know, how to identify things faster. And now I recognize if I'm talking with someone or it's myself where I'm working on something, I'm focusing on it, but it's like, gosh, I'm just having a hard time staying focused on it. That's an indicator that there is resistance on the path and go seeking. Okay. So what is it I'm feeling when I can't hold on to my wonderful dream vision? What is, what is it? It feels like. And what I talked about yesterday was I kind of tapped into like, how come I'm not able to hold on to my excitement? What's going on? What is, what am I feeling? And I did have an actual feeling in my body. And so I started asking, what does it feel like? And I was aware that it felt like a heaviness. I was aware it felt like disbelief. I was aware it felt like doubt and concern that I couldn't make this happen or that it wouldn't happen. So I just kept asking questions until I eventually found the, the, the let's just say it, the core beliefs that were the underpinning holding me down and keeping me from going forward. And interestingly, over the weekend, I got this impulse to run to my computer and create a mini spreadsheet, and mini because there's not a whole lot of uh, cells that I used, but to kind of start writing out, okay, when you have a certain desire, and you know, what are the different paths that your desire can take in terms of it either uh, manifesting immediately, or it's a delay, or it feels like it's never going to happen. And I was just kind of writing out, okay, and when this happens, then what? What's next? What's the strategy? And so this awareness, this insight really follows up to what I was wanting to create for myself is kind of like a quick cheat sheet or a pathway to how to move through anything. Hmm. So now my new insight is, all right, if I can't hold on to my new dream or my new vision, it means there's resistance on the path. Feel into what the resistance feels like and poke around until you get some answers. Find funny. a negative belief and then replace it. It's funny. Yesterday you were talking about running into resistance and I was remarking on how it's often hard to know what that resistance is. Here you are today describing another way that you identified resistance with 
and you didn't have a clear idea before you did that what it was. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, that's sure. It makes sense. All because yesterday we made that conclusion. So in one day, all of a sudden, what seemed impossible just turned into, oh, yeah, oh, um, big deal. <laughs> and you know what? Well, I see you do, or I listen to you do that so often. One day you're all like, but but how? I don't get it. And the next day you're like, oh, well, of course what we learned is. <laughs> Which I love. It tells me how fast you you uh, integrate new information. Well, that's true. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> but I'm just but, you know, thinking, thing, that's really like, I, I, When I was studying NLP, one of the um, steps, if you will, in every process came at the end, and it was called test. And it's where you would test yourself to see if, like, you really did make a profound change, where you would try to put yourself back into the original negative state and see how it's shifted or changed or not changed. And if it's not changed, you still have work to do. And so that's what I did for myself today. I like thought about the old beliefs and they just, it's like there was nothing to them. Um, kind of like a rice cake. <laughs> it's like air. It's mm-hmm. just rice blown up with a lot of air. There's okay. not a whole lot of substance to a rice cake, that's but true. you know, it's there, but, it doesn't taste good. It's not desirable. It's not something you want to eat often. <laughs> and then I thought about my new belief. And my new belief is actually um, the idea of just choosing. I will, tell, I will tell you this. I don't think I could have just said, okay, I'm just going to choose my new desire and have that be like, da-da. But I have some underpinnings. I have some other powerful beliefs that allowed me to when I received, you know, just choose for it to be kind of like simple for me because I have other powerful beliefs. Um, And one of them is that, you know, Abraham talks about how when you choose or when, when you make a decision and you line up with it, it's a done deal. Because if you can conceive it, the law of attraction can deliver it. And Abraham also says that it's as easy to create a button as it is a castle, that it requires no more effort on the a part of law of attraction to create something huge or something small, something like $100 or $100 million. It's all the same to law of attraction. And I've known those things in my head. Oh, and yes. I'd say I've had that information on my mental shelf. But not until yesterday when I heard, just choose, did all those things come flying off the mental shelf, and I felt like the reality-ness of those statements. Hmm. I kind of got this sense of, oh, I'm asking for $30,000 a month. That's nothing. And I'm not giving word lip service to that right now. I'm saying that's how it feels in my body. That's how it feels to me like. It's no big deal. It's so easy. In other and words, you had you basically had a change in perception. What you previously perceived as being more difficult now all of a sudden became absolutely. snap the fingers. You're right, Walt. That's exactly what happened. My perception changed because now I realize the law of attraction. If, if In other words, if I believe in law of attraction at all, then it can produce anything that I ask for that I focus on. And I'm like, huh, 30,000 is like no big deal. So now I'm thinking it should be, that should be simple. And I'll be going for my next financial goals 
in relatively short period of time. And what was really fascinating is after I kind of sat with this for a while and it felt really solid within me, I'm like, all of a sudden, and I did not make this up. It wasn't a thought I thought. It was a thought that came to me. The next logical step is for the phone to begin to ring, for emails to come in, for people to start asking for my services in a big way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I went, oh, that's, of course, the next logical step. Absolutely. Where prior to yesterday, I kept, like, when I would think about me connecting to clients that want to pay me, you know, a good amount of money and want to work with me because they really want what I have to offer, I kept seeing that as out in the distant future. Mm-hmm. It was always a minimum of two weeks out. Okay. And yesterday it was like, oh no, like immediately, like it should happen within a day or two. And I will tell you, I was busy doing my day job and a little bit before the show, I thought uh, while I was waiting on a download, I went to my personal email and there was an email from somebody asking about coaching services. Nice. And I laughed and I went, like I said, I knew it was going to show up and it was going to show up fast. Very nice. I haven't connected with that person. And honestly, it's irrelevant as to whether that person becomes a client or not. The importance to me is that I knew I shifted my energy. And when you shift your energy, the evidence shows up almost immediately. Isn't that a cool thing about LOA? The the law of attraction delivers quickly. And it doesn't seem to us very often that it does does do that. But I've had now a couple of particular instances in my life where it did show up really quickly and kind of reinforced the idea. The universe really does love speed. The only thing that happens that prevents the speed is... Us. Us. <laughs> well, remember me talking last week about uh, a dear friend of mine that I was helping, and this person was kind of closing her heart off to um, men because she had felt like when she was younger, when she couldn't get her mother's attention, how she interpreted it was that I'm not loved. And my mother's withdrawing her love from me. And what th- my friend did over time is she started withdrawing herself from other people so she couldn't be hurt. Right, yes. Well, we worked on that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just, it was a brief conversation, but it was a very profound one because she really went, oh, I get it. I totally get it. And yeah, that was me as a child doing that. I'm an adult. It's not true just because someone doesn't have time for me because they're busy working. It doesn't mean that because they don't respond to my text immediately that they don't love me means they're busy. (laughs) And so she happened to call me yesterday and she said, some of the wildest stuff is happening. I said, well, tell me. And she goes, well, I mean, things are going really good with my guy right now. You know, we spent a lot of time together and where in the past we would have like, I would have shut down. He would have shut down. Instead, it was like, we both knew we needed to talk this, talk about it. I'm like, well, that's really cool. And then she tells me about a guy that like she was kind of attracted to quite a while ago. He hadn't, they hadn't been in connection for, I don't know, six months or plus. And all of a sudden he like reaches out to her. And then another guy that was part of her life reaches out to her all within like a short period of time. She goes, why do you think this is happening? (laughs) Gee, I wonder. (laughs) And I said, well, you changed your energy in connect in relationship to how you, 
connect with other people and you're no longer in a space of having your wall up, you've torn the wall down. And you're willing to be open and have an adult relationship with people. And I said, so it doesn't surprise me that these other two guys all of a sudden have like shown up in your world. And it doesn't surprise me that the guy that you're dating now is more wanting to like talk and you're wanting to talk instead of both of you shutting down. Because I said, law of attraction responds really fast when we make a change in our perception or our energy. And isn't and so, it nice to have a, a choice? I mean, she's got three choices there from what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, one in the now and two in the wings. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, who could be dissatisfied with that? The hardest part is who you're going to pick. <laughs> well, you know, something that I found really, just another something that was rolling around in my head. On the day that I was, um, I guess it was, maybe it was yesterday. Gosh, you know, sometimes time just, goes all cattywampus because so Ooh, many things another happen. technical term i like it cattywampus <laughs> it's actually a technical texan term ah, okay. <laughs> it's like topsy-turvy <laughs> so one of the things i was aware of is uh monday morning i knew that i was going to have um my lawn service people coming out not the ones that cut the lawn but the ones that fertilize and de-weed and all mm-hmm. that yep and they were going to come out just as a courtesy check because I was concerned my weeds weren't dying. And um, normally they come out in the morning, but it's always a different time during the day. And so, you know, being that it was my first day back after vacation, I certainly didn't want to wake up early and get dressed. So I woke (laughs) up, went to my office and, you know, started working in my PJs. But I knew, well, if I want to talk to the lawn guy, I kind of need to be dressed. But I really wanted to kind of hit the ground running and see what was going on in my inbox. And I did that. And then it was about 9.40 in the morning, and I just had this impulse, like, why don't you get up from your desk and just go get dressed? So I did. And sure enough, 20 minutes later, my lawn people showed up. And I had such a huge laugh at that. So this is the kind of synchronicity I live almost every day, where I don't have to schedule when should I get dressed to make sure I'm dressed before the guy comes to my door. I just literally do my thing, and when it's time to get dressed, my infinite being like knocks on my brain and goes, now, and I just get this little idea. It's not like, oh, now is the perfect time for you to put your clothes on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's more like just a thought that runs through my mind. It's, it's go get dressed now. But I've been listening to this subtle, small, quiet voice for so long, and it always has the same uh, quality. It's very gentle. So when people are looking for guidance and they're expecting something to come with a roaring clap of thunder, I've never had it happen that way. It really kind of sounds like my own voice, except I know that I wasn't thinking about getting dressed at all until the thought just came, go get dressed now, or now would be a good time. And so the thing that I wanted to remark on about that yesterday was I thought, you know, when I'm in a state of disbelief of something, or when I wasn't believing that, you know, my Project X, now known as, you know, my new financial income streams, I was doubting those were going to happen. I laughed at myself and I went, you know what? If I can hear the guidance to put my clothes on (laughs) so that I would be properly 
prepared for my my lawn guy to show up so that I'm not going, oh, wait, let me go grab my clothes. How much more important to me and to my own inner being is my financial income streams? I'd say really big. Mm -hmm. And yet, right now, literally in this moment, here's what I just received. It doesn't make any difference if it's a button or a candle. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference if it's putting on clothes or bringing in $30,000 a month. They're all the same thing in terms of ability to get guidance, in terms of ability to have law of attraction, coordinate all the uh, necessary components for something to happen. It's all the same thing. Which we means humans. We're the ones who put you know, like the bigness or the smallness on things. Yeah. Which means that really what what's going on is we just got to get the resistance out of the way. We just got to allow the stuff in so we can hear it. Yeah. Just. And I had no, I had no <laughs> resistance to putting my clothes on so I could be dressed when the lawn guy came. <laughs> no, that's true. But you might've had a little bit more resistance where, you know, the large income stream was concerned, which is why we tend to think of big things versus little things, but you weren't right. resistant. You, and you haven't been resistant. You've been receiving all this stuff, and that's well, that's pretty darn cool. Nobody in my nobody in my family ever modeled to me, or nobody in my environment ever modeled to me a, a, a reason to not want to get dressed when a stranger came to my door. So, of course, there's no resistance in that one. Of course, I want to get dressed. Of course, it was all go. I mean, I thought about it the night before, like, oh, he's going to come. It'll probably be around 10 or 11, maybe 12. It could even be later. But I want to make sure I have clothes on when he shows up. Which is a good I idea. I didn't have any resistance. <laughs> I didn't have any resistance to that one. Yeah, that's true. You know? And really, the things that I would say in my life, where I call them like the big three. <laughs> the big which three. Is like income, you know, income, relationship, and body. Ah, Those okay. are like my big three. Okay. There may not be other, other people probably have their own big stuff, but those are mine. And I can say every one of them is connected to what I'll call the muck and mire <laughs> of the energies that I grew up with. More technical terms. <laughs> I mean, none of those three things are things that I decided as a grown adult to go, oh, gosh, you know what? I would love to have a, a relationship in my life that's loving and intimate and fun and, and you know, meets my in, internal needs of satisfaction. I didn't decide that as an adult. I was wanting that since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And when it wasn't happening the way I thought it should happen or would happen, I was like, why is it not happening? Not exactly the and best place to receive. No, and I remember sitting on the edge of my mother's bed because she was pretty much my best friend when I was growing up. I mean, I had other girlfriends too, but I was very close to my mom, you know, and I would say, Mom, when am I going to get a boyfriend? When is that going to happen for me? You know, my friends already have boyfriends. Like, what's, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Because isn't that the natural place that most people go is what's wrong with me? Of course, yeah. And honestly, my mom loves me absolutely i don't recall her ever saying oh wendy there's nothing wrong with you maybe she did but i never felt like that ever that idea ever got overturned <laughs> i pretty oh. much stuck with there must be something wrong with well, me well you hung on to it pretty well then oh yeah but i'd sit on the edge of her bed and whine you know in this sense of oh my muck and mire oh mm -hmm. and she would 
say, I don't know, Wendy, I don't really have the answer, but I know God does. And I'm like, and? <laughs> and she's like, well, just pray about it. I'm like, you don't think I have? Read the Bible. You don't think I have? I'm not finding any answers there, so that's why I came to you. <laughs> and so I just kind of felt lost, like I didn't know an answer. You know, now I can tell you today, many, many years later, that, I mean, even just probably last week, I found a, a set of beliefs or some contradictory energy that was keeping me from opening my love door, if you will. Um, okay. Something I, I'll say this just because I think it's fascinating and maybe other men and women can like relate to this. But I was such the enabler that because that's what I learned from my mother and my father. Mom was the enabler and dad was the one being enabled. Um, and so that was a dynamic that I grew up in. It was what I saw. It's what was modeled to me. It's, you know, when I became a wife, my husband said to me, Wendy, the moment you said I do, you changed. I remember going, huh, what are you talking about? And he couldn't put his finger on it. But I'll tell you what, nine years later, <laughs> I did. Because mm. when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm an enabler, the very words that went across my head were, I'm a Barbara wife. Oh. <laughs> and Barbara is the name of my mother. Oh, dear. And it's like, the reason I think those words came out of me is because I realized in a flash, I had mirrored my mother's role as a wife. Mm. I yeah. was doing in my marriage what she did. Which is natural. And it was so fascinating because we all knew my mother was enabler, but I didn't see it in me. <laughs> well, a lot of people, I think, are enablers and don't see it in themselves or in their parents or anything. I mean, it's not something that we go looking for. You know what? I'm going to get married. And by the way, am I an enabler? It's, it's not part <laughs> of the normal process. <laughs> well, and so what I realized, and, you know, I, I adore my ex-husband. You know, I, I like to say he was the perfect first husband for me, and hopefully I was the perfect wife for him too um because we helped each other grow and expand and and become who we're wanting to be now um but you know he, he didn't set out to go i think i'm going to find a woman who loves to do stuff for me so i don't have to and i didn't set out to find a man who was happy to let me do everything for him but that was under the surface, if you will, that was our vibrational um, broadcast. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because, I mean, he grew up in a home with a pretty dominant mother who did a, a lot of things for him. And even when he wanted to do them for himself, she kind of forced herself upon him and did them anyway. Mm. And so that was just the energy he grew up in. And I grew up in the energy of the woman does everything for the man. And so here's what's fascinating is I was thinking about this the other day and there was an element of the enabling that, cause I've dumped a lot of the enabling behaviors and beliefs, but there was one that was still kind of hanging on and I got awareness of it and I let it go. <laughs> I, actually, I think it might've been when you and I were talking. Um, it's like no man is looking for a mommy figure. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, sure. they want a sexual, sensual, attractive, loving, fun woman. I'm being generic, but I think that's kind of hitting most of the buttons. I think it's true for probably and, both sexes, actually. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, and on the flip side, you know, a woman wants the same thing. And I went, oh, wow, I wonder if I still have I'll be your mommy energy hanging around. And I found some pockets of energy and I went, oh, it's still there. Son of a gun. Well, I don't want that anymore. And so I went, well, who do I want to be? So I started telling myself who I want to be and how I want my relationship to look. And I've even noticed in some of my relationships with my friends and and, and, uh, coworkers, how I'm almost resisting the idea of wanting to do anything for them, <laughs> which is a real problem when you're an executive assistant because my job well, is to support yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, so be I more have to selective. Go, this is your job. Keep doing it, but don't do it to the point that you take away their choice. Well, that's just it. It's about being selective. I mean, it's not like you have to always do it in every possible situation. Just at the times when it's appropriate for the job. Exactly, and so at that moment, I went, oh. I believe I've just opened my door for men to like recognize me because what I saw was that as a young person, I had this mommy energy thing going on. Like, hey, if you're a man and you're looking for a woman to be mommy to you, I'm it. Well, guess what? There weren't a lot of them. And that's a good commentary. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. I, I'm I'm rather impressed, actually, because my experience with my own gender has not been quite so good in terms of what I've seen. So I'm glad to hear that. And so it's like, okay, I get it now. I was, I was comparing myself to my girlfriends. And my girlfriends were not enablers. My girlfriends were mostly like the youngest in the family. And so they were the ones always being taken care of instead of doing the taking care of. And so they, it's like men easily were attracted to them, you know, and I was like, wow, that's just so fascinating (laughs) because it's not like I said, men don't look at me, you know, or there must be something wrong with me from a physical standpoint or from a character standpoint. It was all energetic. The door was closed energetically. And I'll even tell you that there was one time I was dating somebody, I was probably in my early 30s, and it was just, it was a lovely relationship. I mean, we got together, it was like an instant chemical, wow, really like you, we spent every day together, and after about a month, he didn't call me one day. Now, that may not sound weird, but we talked every single day, and one night, he didn't call, and I thought, well, I know he said he had a lot to do work-wise. So I'm like, I'll just let it go and won't think anything of it. And then the second night came and he didn't call me. Now I'm like, something's up. So the third night comes and I'm like, I pick up the phone and I call him and go, what's going on? And he had this real like, oh dear, like I caught him kind of thing. And Hmm. he said, I wanted to call you, but I didn't want to call you until I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And you've kind of called me before I feel ready to talk. Okay. And I'm like, okay, well, that kind of is freaking me out. Mm -hmm. I said, can't we talk? And he said, all right, well, you know, hey, you've called. Let's talk. His exact words were, I don't know why this is because I feel like you're the most wonderful woman I've ever met. But there's something that just doesn't feel right to me. And I said, is this like the breakup conversation? And he went, yeah. I said, so you're breaking up with me? He went, yeah. And he started to cry. And I started to cry. And we were both crying because we really, really liked each other. We really wanted to be together. 
And I have to say, he had a lot of courage to say to me, but something about this isn't right. Something doesn't feel right to me. And I can't see us moving forward. Well, I can look at this today and go, I know exactly what that was. He picked up on the enabling energy. Mm. Because I just think I know certain things within our relationship and how we, we related to one another. It's like, oh, he picked up on that. And he was a very self-sufficient take care of his own kind of person guy. Mm -hmm. And my energy just didn't match with that. And so it's really fascinating to recognize whatever energies you bring to the table, pay attention to what the result is, because that'll tell you if there's resistance going on or not. In other words, I wasn't getting the desired outcomes that I was looking for. And of course, way back when I wouldn't have known what to do with it, but today I do. Mm -hmm. Today, if I'm not getting the outcome I'm looking for, huh, there's resistance somewhere on this path. It's an, it's an interesting the, way of looking at things, too, that whenever stuff isn't working out the way we want it to, oh, there's resistance involved. I mean, that's certainly not what we're brought up to think. It's not what our mm -hmm. culture and our society teaches us to think. This is a brand new concept, and it's, it's a good one. It's a really good one, but it's definitely a shift in thinking. Well, and in LOA terms, we call it resistance. But, you know, in other, um, other worlds of reference, people might call it limiting beliefs. Some people might say, well, you just have a whole lot of bad thoughts. Some people w might say, um, we well, just have a lot of negativity. All of those would be accurate. Mm -hmm. True. But, know, e but even limiting beliefs, li the, the phrase limiting beliefs is a phrase I didn't really hear until I first heard about law of attraction. So, again, I associate that with the LOA world. Um, negativity, that's, yeah. That's negativity is the broader term, right? And that one, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people would touch on that. And yet, even there, I mean, I remember bits and pieces of conversations I had with women I met before I met Louise. And I don't think negativity ever came up once. I could be wrong, but I, I really don't recall it coming up. It was always something much more vague than that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I honestly think it's because people, you know, the, the women that I was meeting just they didn't know how to verbalize whatever it was that they were experiencing. And, and I, I certainly don't hold that against them. But Well, in the, the 90s, it was called baggage. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, like, I re even remember when I started dating my, my husband, you know, I remember saying, well, do, are you coming with a lot of baggage? <laughs> and he said, nope, no baggage. Oh, my God, I re I'll never forget the day when the metaphoric um, Samsonite luggage started opening up and spilling all over and i went really you have no baggage and he went well i didn't think i did <laughs> I well that's wrong. just it right there that's just it because we how do you answer that question do you have any baggage oh yeah sure i take it with me wherever i go what do you expect for an answer <laughs> well and for who i was in my developmental stage at the point he and i met i had been going through therapy i was in a number of self-help groups you know, I was doing all sorts of self-help stuff. And so I was working on my baggage and I was clearing <laughs> out the baggage. So I was down to a small carrying case, I thought. You know, I no longer had like the trunks. <laughs> and he, he talked in a way like he understood what I was saying, which I think for where he was, he understood as much as he could understand. And he thought sure. we were on the same page, mm -hmm. but we were not. <laughs> and... I had some trunks hiding out in a closet that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, we do it by all sorts of resistance is known by many, many words. And it kind of depends on what circle of society we grew up in or what what kinds of things our families talked about. Um, I was trying to remember just but, now, if somebody had asked me, because I'm sure somebody did ask me, probably more than once someone asked me, you know, do you have any baggage? And I'm trying to imagine what I would have said at that time based on what I know about my my level of knowledge at that point, um, how well or poorly I knew myself, and so on. And you know what I think my honest answer would have been? Something like, I think everybody has some degree of baggage. The question is, how are you going to handle it? Well put. And I think my answer would be, we all have baggage. I know I have mine, but I also have a lot of tools to get rid of stuff I don't like. I, I'm getting pretty good at clearing out baggage that doesn't serve me. Now, what I did not realize is how much baggage that I could be carrying that I didn't even know was there. Mm. And what's even more, ner- what's more unnerving is still finding some. Because <laughs> 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 that's another word for resistance, right? Every once right. in a while, I find some new level of resistance. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, you know, hopefully this is a little bit of, maybe not the good news, but something to console us all of, you know, like if we think that there's, we're striving for some level of perfection where there will no longer be resistance. I don't think that ever happens. Um, because even Abraham talks about, even in the non-physical world, even though their resistance is imperceptible to us or would be, they still have some, they still have contrast to. They still have things that, you know, cause them to create preferences and have, you know, like, hey, I'd rather have this than that. Um, but, you know, even with all that Jerry and Esther have experienced with, you know, such a fa- fabulous relationship that they've had with Abraham, they have had resistance. Sure. Um, you know, even, I mean, even <laughs> like they have, they used to drive a monster bus. And they would have one story after another, which always made me laugh with things that were going on with their monster bus. But it was an illustration mm-hmm. of things where they brought their own personal resistance to the table. Oh, yeah. And besides, you what's, know, what's the point of traveling? You know, what's the point of getting on a plane if you're not going to bring a carry-on? The, the carry-on <laughs> is part of the trip, you know? <laughs> Oh, you're too funny. You're the one who wants to live without any resistance at all. And look at you turning that about and saying, oh, let's just bring my carry-on with me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to round out my own picture in my own head. So this is my way of justifying it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and I do want to go back to one very important part. So we've talked about resistance. I've I've shared how... I was able to find some huge pockets of resistance on my pathway towards, you know, financial freedom and having new income streams of, you know, substantial amounts of money. Um, when I got the word choose, just choose. And I did. I'm like, okay, I choose this. This feels good. I have to say it felt so solid in my body. And that was yesterday. So then I tested it again this morning when I woke up and I went, oh, it still feels really good. Oh, that's reassuring. And then I, yeah. And then, you know, I got very distracted with my job for a number of hours and then I went, oh, let's test it again. And I felt into it and it's like, oh, it's, it's like, it's right there. 
it's, it's, it's still a yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going for it. And then I think about, okay, any of the doubts, fears, worries that I had before? And I was like, nope. I'm like, and then I asked, okay, Simi, here's the big question. Even though I don't see any physical evidence right now, what do I believe now? And I'm like, oh, it's on its way. I'm like, really? And it's like, yes, I really do believe that. Which is cool because that means that you're very less likely to be constantly checking the email to see if there's another email there. Right. Because I know it's coming. And whether it comes in a day, a week, a month, or a year, and it won't be a year, I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I mean, surprised. like, I know for certain it won't be that. Um, I know it's on its way. And I had listened to an Abraham CD over the weekend, and Abraham was talking about something where you go from, like, you kind of go up the emotional guidance scale mm-hmm. in your believability yep. of something. And Abraham was saying, when you get to the place of knowing, the next logical step is for that thing to manifest in your personal world. Makes sense, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I meant knowing. That's what that new belief did for me. I went from thinking it was pretty probable, it was most likely going to happen, and there were times that it felt very real, to, oh, no, I know. I now know. And that was the shift that to me is evidence. For me, that is evidence because I feel very different. I feel so much more stable in my knowing that this is going to happen. Um, right now, I'm looking out my window and it's very windy here in Dallas. And I have a, a maple tree that like the branches are moving like really fast and bending in every direction. And just now when I said I feel stable, I looked at the tree. And what I had awareness of is what my tree is doing right now is what I, the energy I had been in previous to, to choosing. I was bending in every which direction. Mm-hmm. I was hoping, I was not begging, but I was hoping I was feeling great one minute and feeling unsure the next minute. But it's like I was all over the place. There was very little stability and I may be exaggerating this, I don't know, because it, I mean, it, from the things I talked about on the station, like on the show, it sounded like I was pretty darn certain it was happening, but you weren't with me in my life outside of the one hour a day when I was bending, going, uh, what if I'm making a mistake or what if it's never going to happen? What if I end up looking like a fool to all the people that I'm talking with every day? That was like the tree bending all over the place with the wind. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't feel like right now I feel like doesn't matter if the wind is really strong. I can stand stable in it. I don't even require evidence. And for me, that's a miracle. I'm always requiring evidence. (laughs) I don't even require evidence right now because I know it's coming. So so let's take this as an opportunity to kind of zero in, like uh, pretend I'm like a reporter for a major news network and I'm interviewing about this. You've just told your story. So... My question to you is, all right, so for listeners out there who want to be able to do this themselves, what's the secret? How do you get to that place of knowing? Well, I didn't get to it overnight. I got to it step by step by learning how to tune in to my inner being and listening for messages and testing the messages until I got to the point 
when I received something, I knew what it meant, I knew what I heard, and I trusted it. So I guess you can't buy a pill then. Oh, I've bought lots of pills. Not <laughs> one has worked. <laughs> I got all the side effects. <laughs> you got all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. So, so this means we actually have to, you know, walk the walk, not just talk the talk. We actually have to do it. We have to do the things that uh, we have learned from Abraham Hicks, from uh, Neville Goddard, other teachers of uh, LOA and so forth. We have to do it. We have to do the job. You know, many years ago, yes, the answer is yes to that question, but many years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine, and we were talking about business. Um, we both had, um, we were both entrepreneurs, and we were also both seekers of the Get Rich Quick scheme. <laughs> like, we were on everybody's email list, and it really wasn't even because we were on their list. It was because energetically, we were looking for a shortcut right. to financial wealth. Mm-hmm. And one day he said to me, he goes, you know, Wendy, I'm just tired of all this because he said, I realized that five years ago I had an opportunity in front of me and I started it and then I didn't see the rewards fast enough. So I quit. And he said, I can't tell you how many of those business opportunities I've done that with. Oh my! I've done at least three or four more since then. And I, and I said, me too. That's exactly what my life has looked like. I mean, I've done seven network marketing companies, seven, (laughs) and because none of them gave me the results fast enough, I concluded it doesn't work or it's not for me, and I moved on, but not before I'd spent a lot of money up front and had an inventory of products, (laughs) (laughs) and he said to me, you know, I'm thinking now, if the one I started five years ago or four years ago, he, he said it almost probably doesn't even matter which one. But if I would have just stuck with something, he said, I pretty much can guarantee myself I'd be like doing very well financially today, right now. That, that's actually the only place I'm prepared to d- disagree with him, and only mildly, because I think there is one very important difference, and that difference is which one do you love? Because if you just do something just because you think it's going to make the money, I can tell you from experience that doesn't work. I will agree with you. And for this, the purpose of my illustration, let's take that piece out of it, that you pick the one you love that you really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. But the, what I got from it was how we were so caught up in the get rich, get rich quick thing that we weren't looking to ever stabilize anything. Yes, true. And what I'm talking about right now as I'm staring at this tree bending all over the place, I'm now in a place of stability in my belief. And that's huge. In such a place of stability, in such a place of knowing that my financial future is like, it's there, it's done. Um, And I'm enjoying the pleasure of it now without having the evidence in my life. And that's another thing I've heard Abraham say gazillions of times. If you get to where you want to go from a feeling perspective, that is the journey. That's called the joy is in the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're there, it's kind of like such an easy peasy thing for law of attraction to go, okay, we'll just give her more of that. But truthfully, if I didn't get any more money than what I currently make, I feel so satisfied where I am right now. It's, that's how solid this feeling is for me. And yet, 
I know without a shadow of a doubt, because I have now reached this place of feeling, that what my broadcast signal is to the to the law of attraction is give that girl what she wants. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> give it all to her. She said thirty thousand. Make it more because she's got a lot of positive, solid feelings going on. She really believes this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the way to be. No doubt about that. And plus, I mean, to the point that I raised, too, I mean, it's really clear to me that what you're going after is something that you love. I mean, the, the activity that's involved in what you're trying to do is something you, you, you just live for it. So I know that oh, that yeah. one's covered. Which is why I've said no to many other things because they were about the money and they weren't about the doing and the being. And yes, I know I'm talking about financial um, remuneration and I'm talking about big sums of money, but I also know in a sense I've let go of the money because I really, I just want to be so enraptured in doing the thing I'd love to do which I label that thing that Wendy does <laughs> because we don't really know what it's called. Um, Cause sometimes it's pure coaching. Sometimes it's pure teaching. Sometimes it's um, helping somebody's entire life turn upside down. Sometimes it's helping them buy a car. Sometimes it's helping them, you know, figure out their budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me just so long as I'm involved in helping people in a way that's measurable and feels valuable to that's them. That's it right there. That You just described it beautifully. Yeah, and it feels so good to me because every time I'm giving incredible value to somebody else, I'm receiving incredible value being a part of that interaction. Exactly. And it yeah. feels really good. And I'll tell you, I've worked with a lot, and I mean no disrespect, I've worked with a lot of people that barely have any money. And... I've done that successfully. And what I'm wanting to do now is work with people who have plenty of money to pay me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed of that. No. Because I, I, I believe that that is definitely something that I want to do. And it, it's kind of like it's my next logical step because I've already worked with a lot of people who have minimal, minimal funds. Mm -hmm. But I also know, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that um, – you know, your pers personal income is usually the average of the six closest people in your life hmm. because they're the ones you spend time with. They're the ones you hang out with. So you're in that energy pool. An and in my point. growing up, especially based on what I said about my, you know, being part of a working class environment, I didn't know anybody who made more than, or I didn't know anybody who didn't live paycheck to paycheck. Didn't know anybody who didn't. Yeah, that was how everyone I grew up with lived. Well, that's what we were talking so about for, yesterday, yeah. And so for me to, like, make a shift in my life, I want to see something different. I want to have the freedom that comes with not living paycheck to paycheck. I want to have the freedom where, you know, like I heard uh, one guru that I follow, his, uh, I think, father or father-in-law was in Mexico and suffered a heart attack. Ooh. And because he was out of his country... They wouldn't accept him in a hospital unless he could have proof of funds up front. Mm. And this guru that I follow, he showed up with his platinum blah, blah, blah American Express card <laughs> and said, here, this one has $100,000. Can we start with this? Yeah, right. I'm like, how cool is that to mm -hmm. throw money at a problem? Yep. 
I'm like, I want that. Yeah, sure. Me too. But you know, I can't do that when I'm working paycheck to paycheck. This is true. And so I experienced watching somebody else do something that really was exciting to me. And I want to do that. Mm. Well, perfectly without the heart attack. Oh, absolutely. But I just want to be able to throw money at something if I want to. Just because I want to. You know, I've come across so many philanthropy, charitable kinds of worthy causes that I would love to give huge sums of money to. But if I'm barely keeping the lights on, I can't do that. Not without it coming out of something that I sacrifice. You know, and I've heard Abraham say, you know, loving is not about sacrifice. Mm. Loving is loving yourself and then having so much overflow you give to others with an open heart, but it's not from a place of sacrifice because true sacrifice means you're giving up something of yourself. Yeah, and you and, really can't give from that place. I mean, because no. I, I think we've all tried it one time or another, and there's not there's nothing to give at that point. I mean, you, you, you can kind of mouth the words or whatever, but there's nothing to give. Right. So even though I, I want these financial income streams to be bigger and better and better than I've ever experienced, It's not for the end result of just having money and sitting on it. It's to have an energetic flow of continual money in, continual money out, more money coming in so more money can go out. And I want the more to be on the the money side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. There's always plenty to give. Right. And it's like that to me is what it's – it's fun to think about moving my energy in the direction of of letting that occur because that's not something I've ever known. So that's a wonderful, deliberate creation that I'm wanting to make happen. Very cool thing. And now, yeah, and now I know that I am solid in my beliefs that it's the next logical step. The phone's going to ring. The emails are going to show up. People are going to come to my door. And your first email has already shown up. Absolutely. That's, that's really it cool. Has. Yeah, how about that? That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Because energy responds. That's the nature of energy. It always responds. So when I made a, a shift in my rippling pond, the energy responded. That's the way to be. You can't, you can't throw a pebble in, in water and have it not ripple out. Very true. You know. We have like a little over a minute left, and uh, I, I need to get a message in before we get to the music. So just want to remind everybody, because we haven't done a lot of this lately, but subscribe and share. Subscribing is big, and we know it's big because... Those who subscribe listen a lot. We find out, for instance, last month the average listener listened to 45 episodes. So we know you're all listening, and we say thank you very much for that. And if you have not yet subscribed, it's pretty easy to do. You just go to the homepage, LOAToday.net. All the instructions are there. Just follow the instructions, and you'll be good. And then after you're done, there's a whole bunch of share buttons sharing to every possible social media site you can think of. So your excuses have now been removed. And that's all I wanted to mention about that before we, you know, we, we uh, lost time on the show. But, uh, Wendy, this has been great. Thanks for the update. And uh, I look forward to finding out what's going to happen with the next step. I have a feeling you're going to get inundated. <laughs> I look forward to it. And I look forward to sharing it because, gosh, you don't have to wonder, will I talk about what's happening in my personal life? We can you know count on that. We can absolutely count on that. And that's why we invite everybody to come back next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.